Last week we kind of said like, "Hey, we might not be here this week. Mm-hmm. We got homecoming. We might be really turned up. We might not make it to the show. Well, we are here, and I think we're here. We were gonna figure it out either way. But um, the elephant in the room is that Morgan State University's homecoming was canceled. Yeah, where both Alan and I attended undergrad, and yeah. so." It's different. It's different. And so one, that means that we have time. Uh, we definitely have time to tape. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> we make yeah, time. I will say, I will say, you know, this is a tragic circumstance. Five students were shot, unfortunately, and it, mm-hmm. it really literally ruined homecoming in the sense that the game got canceled. The Black Tie Gala, that's a major fundraiser for the school, got canceled. Um, but a lot of folks are still, you know, reveling well i will say this right i don't want to just say that it ruined homecoming right because it did do that but it did more than that it 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 ruined the safety and security of the students on morgan state university's campus and the surrounding areas Mm -hmm. um and it just put us all in a place of worry and concern not only for you know the student body but just for like the state of (laughs) educational institutions. I mean, school shootings are a thing, and this was not a school shooting. Um, So I know how it may have been reported, but as, you know, Alan and I are on the ground, we are in Baltimore right now, and the updated news, this was not an active shooter. This was not a school shooting. This was local gun violence, um, which is all Mm -hmm. still bad. Um, It was two groups of people uh, who were looking to shoot each other. And um, they all had really horrible aim, Um, not to even make light of the situation. I'm just being serious. So that's why it felt like an active shooter, because it felt like shots were coming from everywhere. Um, So, yeah, yeah, the the thing about like, I'm going to say the place where we are in this country we we've got gun violence as a culture. We got a gun culture in our country. We have this intersection in a in a city like Baltimore that in itself is already violent, like a lot of other cities are violent. Um, and then you've got a campus. There's a lot of campuses that are wide open. Like you can just walk on to the campus of I'm gonna say most colleges in America. And so you put a college with an open campus in a city where there happens to be gun violence on a regular basis. Uh, unfortunately, there's going to be incidents, and this is not just limited to Baltimore. Like we're seeing school shootings in Michigan and, and Georgia and Virginia and all over the place. And you know, you could blame the you know the the, the folks who did the shooting, but I think there's also some blame on the on all of us, our politicians who refuse to do anything to curtail the uh, prevalence of guns. I just think like people say, oh, well, guns don't kill people. It's the people. But if there are less guns, there will be less shootings. 
like yeah. point blank. Yeah. Like when you when you send your kids to college, like I told y'all how emotional I was dropping my kid off at college. Like you're not expecting that they're going to get shot or shot at or that their friends are going to get shot. Like you're expecting them to do their best to get an education. And it's just unfortunate that kids are getting shot on campuses across the country. And, and yeah, we, we bemoan the fact that Morgan's homecoming got canceled in, in the sense of the game and, and all that. And this is crazy because our school is over 150 years old. You know, our, our homecoming tradition is probably at least 100 years old. And, you know, for the ignorance and violence to to really rain on our parade, it, it's very, very sad. But I, I, my heart goes out to those who were directly impacted, both emotionally and physically. Yeah, 100%. And my heart goes out to those who were indirectly impacted. That includes us. That includes people who yeah. made travel plans, who took off work, who, you know, have uh, plans with their family was we're hoping to see their friends we're hoping to connect you know homecoming it's not just about a party um it really is the opportunity uh to reconnect with people who you haven't seen your home campus that took care of you that raised you people who were a part of that journey with you and so for a lot of us it is an empowering moment <laughs> we look forward to it every year because yeah. um, it's about us and it makes it lifts us up it makes us feel better um so it is unfortunate it's unfortunate that something like this has happened um again I'm, I'm gonna i'm not gonna make light of the situation but i will say this to the shooters and i know you're not listening to our podcast because you don't have no common sense your timing couldn't have been worse. And this whole situation is horrible. So I will say and this, your right? Aim. So I've, your aim, your timing, all of it. Um, so intentions. I've been intentions, um, just yeah. So I've been reading these books and I'm I'm gonna talk about them later. Um, I I've been reading a series of books by a particular author, and it's a very, 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 very unique and interesting concept of these books. But um, the last one that I read, there, there are four in the series, and I'm um, at the fourth at this current time. The second one in the series, the entire series is about like life and how we navigate life and how we tap into who we are and who God wants us to be and who we want to be and how to have the most beautiful life we could have like to really be proud of ourselves as human beings and what that mm -hmm. takes and it also correlates it to what's happening in the world in real time and mm -hmm. it came up with this formula that blew my mind i had to write it down on my phone i think about it every single day and every time i hear something bad every time i watch the news it really resonates with me and mm -hmm. it the intention of this formula is around you know all people come into this world as good people how you leave this world, that that's its own thing. But you, everybody's brought into this world as a good person. And it is trying to explain why good people do bad things or why bad things happen. And so it got to talking about violence. And violent, the formula for violence is passion plus mm -hmm. frustration mm -hmm. plus a script of dehumanization. That last part is you come up with a script. You you have somehow figured out a way to come up with a script that dehumanizes the subject. Mm. And so they are no longer a human being who has complex layers and makes complex decisions and has a heart and all these other things. They are now deserving of whatever your frustration 
and passion feels like they deserve. They have been. They're not somebody's child anymore. They're not somebody's child. That's not somebody's mother. That's not somebody's like, you know, like that's not somebody's dad. None of that. You you strip them. You create a script. The script has been created in your because of, and it could be because of what they did. It could be because of what they said. But that has created a script in your like. head, right? That dehumanizes them. They are now less than human to you because there are other people that you know who make mistakes. And you're like, man, you know, he's just going through something. Or there are other people who you know who look like that. But it's like, nah. But she one of the cool ones. Um. This person has been dehumanized. They don't get that same grace that the person that you know who still has and is able to hold a human capacity. The script of dehumanization is that key factor that then allows you to commit violence upon that person or those people. Yeah, that's the ill formula. And that frustration can come from a lot of different things. Like the first thing that came to mind for me was like economic frustration. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like poverty itself is almost a crime in this country because there's so many folks who have limited opportunity that creates this frustration. And, and in some cases, it's not even frustration. It's like the, it, poverty creates hunger. It creates a need to go out and get resources however you can get them. And some of that might involve violence. Some of it might involve crime. But like, we got to figure out what is the root of the poverty? What is the root of, of why our education system isn't better? Like, how can we make sure that young adults have better economic opportunities? And I think there will be less violence. Well, for sure. But I think also with that, right, like poverty or just um, being raised in certain environments. And I'm not saying, I don't know anything about these shooters and they might've been raised in wonderful environments. Like things, frustration comes from a variety of different places. It could come from not feeling loved. It can come from just having an internal anger. Um, it could come from not knowing how to process your own feelings. It could come from fear. Um, it can come from feeling pressure to be something or show up in a way that maybe you're not. Right. And then it's mixed with passion. Like you don't do something about if you don't care about a situation. Right. Then you're not about to do anything about it. Like if a kid throws a skittle at you, like you could care less. Like you're not you're not passionate about that. Um, but if there's this level of passion. There's something going on that you do care about that makes you passionate about the situation. But frustration comes from a variety of places. And again, I'm not trying to solve the problem, but it just is really resonating with me this weekend, um, for sure. And honestly, I'm not going to hold you. It's resonated with me since I've been in D.C. The amount of shootings um, yeah. in D.C. are something that I am not accustomed to. I'm going to just put it like that, especially around schools. It is not yeah. something that I am accustomed to. And I just think about, you know, these kids, they are frustrated and they don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to manage that. They don't have the skills to manage that. They're passionate about whatever they're frustrated about, and they have managed to dehumanize the subjects in which they commit this violence upon. And so it's unfortunate. I don't know what that formula may do for you, but for me, I will tell you what it did for me. Um, it makes me think about arguments differently. It makes me think about being in arguments and wanting to say something crazy and wanting to say something hurtful. It lets me know I've dehumanized that person. Um, and I, so I try my best I, again in hearing that formula and that formula really resonating with me. 
it has led me, not that I be wilding out in arguments. I don't even want to put that out there like that. That's not what I do. Um, but I feel like all of us, we we get into a place and you're passionate about something. You're frustrated. The person doesn't hear you. The person is saying whatever they want to say. And now you feel like you just need to retaliate. You just need to respond. I just got, you know, just to get you off my back or just like, you know, you're not going to talk to me any type of way. I need to put you in your place. Um, and that's when I recognize that like, okay, so you're dehumanizing this person. This person is not the person who they were to you three hours ago. Or whether that is someone that you love or a stranger. Right. And so yeah. it's helped me in framing how I talk to people in moments of frustration. Yeah, that's good. What's crazy about the shooting though, has like literally nothing to do with Morgan and students and the culture of Morgan itself. And I think I feel like folks are like categorizing it that way. Correct. Uh, Mor Morgan students are not packing heat. Like right. Morgan students are not solving their problems that way. Like it's this, the violence of a city spilling onto a beautiful campus where people come from literally all over the country and all over the world to be educated at a national treasure. And our homecoming is a chance to reconnect. And, you know, very sad. And I think also about the kids who like, you know, th these kids who are um, seniors, they also didn't have a, a prom because of, COVID. COVID. And now they don't have a homecoming in their senior year. Like, yeah. So I think about that, right? I think about the freshmen. This is your first entrance into being away from home potentially and college life. Um, again, your high school years were impacted by COVID, and yet you still persevered and continued to build the social skills to want to go ahead and attend college. And then you get here and it's scary for you yeah if this happened i ain't gonna lie like in 1995 september the week that the school started and i'm coming from new jersey suburban new jersey where like i'm not used to guns i'm not used to people getting shot first week of school a kid named terrence mccoy is waiting for the bus in baltimore literally like on the on the like he steps away from the campus but he's basically on campus his kid gets robbed shot and killed first week of school it was like completely eye-opening and terrifying like to be a away from home for the first time as a as a young adult you're trying to make friends and figure out where your classes are and somebody's getting bodied like it's crazy yeah no for sure it definitely is so um you know it is it is still homecoming weekend I will say that, mm -hmm. that you cannot take that away from the institution. You cannot take that away from our hearts as Morgan alums. So it is still homecoming weekend. Alan and I both chose to stay in Baltimore, not return home, mm -hmm. not, you know, uh, leave the city. And a lot of people made that decision. A lot of people made the decision. I'm still going. I'm I'm staying. Um, and, you know, managed to find different ways to, to connect with each other. Because, again, it's not about a party as much as it's about connecting with family, connecting with a place that feels like home. And so yeah. a lot of us, you know, still managed to find ways. Um, but it looked yep. different. I ain't gonna hold you. It felt different. Yeah. It looked different. Yeah, can, I, can I tell you something crazy about last night? So I ran into one of my one of my boys last night and he was just saying like how much Morgan meant to him. And he was in that like the people who were there at homecoming like with with him 
like love him more than his own family loves him. Mm. And like the impact that this college has had on his life has been bigger than the impact of the people who raised him. Mm -hmm. And like people don't understand how powerful HBCUs are in changing people's lives. Like how many first generation college students, like how many folks who came from broken homes, how many, like one of my homeboys was literally like a GED grad, a high school dropout, like a kid who was told he would never be able to, um, you know, make it in any kind of college, let alone community college. And he went on to be a college grad. He's a business owner. Like Morgan is one of these places, HBCUs in general are solving a critical problem in our country. And I don't think the problem is just education, right? It's societal. It's it's just, it it is a healing place. I'm not going to hold you. So, you know, I'm a first generation college student. So, you know, Morgan for me, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, other than, you know, watching TV and having a, a different world, that's what I expected college to be like. And it, it was kind of more or less, you know, for me, that was part of, that was not part. That was the primary reason why I chose to go to an HBCU. And I always say Morgan raised me up. Um, Morgan, Morgan made me grown. Um, I did not have an ounce of confidence the way that I did by the time I graduated Morgan State University. I knew I was loved. I knew I was powerful. I knew I was smart and I knew I was talented. I knew I was an individual in this world that mattered and that could make a difference. And that really did come from Morgan State University. That came from my HBCU, right? And I believe that everybody else, I'm sorry, I just can't speak to PWIs. I, I'm sure y'all had lovely experiences. I do not know. Um, but me and most of my friends attended HBCUs. And I I believe that anyone who has attended an HBCU has that same feeling. I can't even tell you the amount of text messages I received from my friends who were like, HBCU strong. I hope y'all are right. We're lifting y'all up. We're yeah. thinking about y'all. That meant a lot. Um, we are mm -hmm. all family. And so I, I understand where your friend is coming from. Again, homecoming for me, I had a little bit of a moment yesterday. Um, homecoming for me is, you know, my closest friends in this world all came from um, Morgan State University, right? I got a few outliers, but most of them, the ones that y'all see in my Instagram, the ones that y'all see me traveling, leaving the country with and all that, those are Morgan people. And, you know, because li life is life and people got kids and jobs and, and relationships and things like that, we don't get to see each other all the time. So homecoming is the one time we are committed to each yeah. other. And it is a beautiful it's like an time. Family reunion. It sure is. And it means so much. And I need it. I, I remember yeah. in COVID, I remember the first year of COVID when they canceled homecoming, we were like, yeah, no. And we left the country. Yeah. We said, we got to take homecoming somewhere else. So literally homecoming mm -hmm. weekend, we went to Mexico because we needed that connection with each other. Um, yeah. So I get it. I get it. It's more than just yeah. partying. It's more than just, um, you know, Greek organizations and people drinking Hennessy and, you know, <laughs> wearing school clothes. I'm not going to hold you, Alan. My outfit that I had for the yeah. yard. I'm I'm still wearing mine. I'm sorry. It I just might fire. not wear my kicks. I got my Morgan, my, my white with the blue stripe. Like, I might just have to wear those another time. But the outfit was it was um, it was fired. Yeah. And it was given. It was given. I'm telling you, it was yeah. given. Hey, I do promise y'all listeners, we do have a show for y'all today. But so, um, y'all, so. Got, we got a show. Like, so despite everything that we've just been talking about for literally 18 minutes, we opened a business this week. 
on the not campus. Only, I was going to say, yeah, not only did like we open across the, business, the street, but on the campus of Morgan State University, right? And so I think about, yeah. again, we talked about the impact that this has on the indirect impact this has on others, right? The business owners, the people in the area who are impacted, whether it's because of a business or just because of your community, we still all have to thrive also. We still also have yeah. been impacted. And so we are going to talk about uh, how we overcame mm -hmm. as well during Morgan Homecoming and managed to open a business. So stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. So we're back. Yes. Um, we have made it to the podcast this week uh, because homecoming is different this year. You guys have heard the news about Morgan State University and the shooting that happened on campus prior to homecoming weekend. And therefore, our president, Dr. Wilson, chose in the best interest and safety of the students and alum to cancel Morgan State University homecoming for the first time mm. in a, a well over 100 years. And yeah. um, we've been talking about it. We've been talking about it, but we've also been talking about just like what it means and how we are still supportive, how we are still Morgan strong, but how we still overcome. And in addition to homecoming, in addition to all the partying and the outfits that we have planned, we also had planned to open a business, a Zips Dry Cleaners on Morgan State University's campus. And if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we are Zips franchisees. I'm going to just brag on us a little bit since this is okay, a bit of a somber show. Come um, on with it. So not only do we have job jobs, like real mm -hmm. jobs, everyday yeah. jobs. We, um, we run a wealth management company. We run a wealth management company called Momentum Advisors. We manage hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars for individuals, families, mm -hmm. and institutions, well, nonprofits, no. some universities. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Some, some social justice organizations. <laughs> yeah, you may okay. have heard of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to just go on record to say that we have been known to be uh, experts on socially responsible investing. Just going to okay. put that out there. Um, yep. In addition, thought in addition, leaders, thought leaders. Okay. <laughs> okay. Media personalities. I ain't going to hold you. Listen. Uh, listen. Okay. Um, in addition to all of that, just good, good people. Most of the yeah, time. Mm -hmm. My uh, mama would say so. Facts. Mine wouldn't, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, in addition to that, we are entrepreneurs, right? Um, in other ways, um, in that we are franchisees. And so we have opened a number of different franchise concepts, two different gym concepts, but also uh, dry cleaning. And so we are Zips dry cleaning franchisees. If you live in the DMV area, you know what Zips is. If you don't, uh, just wait on it. Not only are we Zips franchisees, uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to go on record to say that we're probably the youngest franchisees. I'm going to go on record. Liars. The f <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> I would say. documented. Um, and okay. we are the largest franchisees in the zip system we have more yeah. zips locations than anyone else mm -hmm. um again as as the youngest uh mm -hmm. blackest freshest 
and flyest. Freshest to deafest. Freshest <laughs> to deafest, for sure. And so, <laughs> um, you know, with that, that means a lot to us. It's a lot of work, um, but it, it, it's a labor of love for us for a variety of different reasons. Again, this show's kind of going all over the place, but I'm going to just continue uh, to just live in this moment because this does resonate with the overall intention of the show. Um, and one thing that Alan and I realized about dry cleaning after we got into it um, which made it that much more impactful, which made it that much more special to us is that dry cleaning was invented mm. by a black man. And not sure only was. that, the first patent ever given to a black ever. person was for the invention of dry cleaning. Mm -hmm. And that resonated with us so much because when you walk into dry cleaners today, you don't think about black people. You sure don't. Right? That's not who's sitting behind the counter. That's not who is reviewing the PL. That's not who yeah. owns the structure. And so for us, we recognized at that point our calling was a bit higher and mm -hmm. to take this a bit farther. And trust me, we are just scratching the surface, but um, we are doing this work, one, yes, because it's profitable, um, but also because it means something to us. We want to see more Black people in franchising, period, but mm -hmm. dry cleaning itself is something that we want to take back. Yeah. If for nothing else, at least make other people, other Black people feel comfortable in yeah. this space, because it's yeah. our space. Yeah, um, on that note, on that note, so we we opened our business literally today, October 6th is the day we're recording this podcast. And then in seven minutes, ironically, we're opening our, our business and we're not even there. It was crazy. I have a, a guy who's been literally, I, I love this guy. He's been stalking me online. He's like, I'm going to be your first customer. And literally he's been coming every day with his bag of dirty clothes and um, he'll be walking in in the next seven minutes to drop off those clothes. Um, but here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that, right? Because we've, in addition to that guy, you know, we've been on site and people have been walking up to the door with their clothes. Like, can mm -hmm. I drop off my clothes? Y'all ready? Y'all ready for yeah. us or whatever? You know, I think a lot of that, that speaks to the community. This, this Zips is on Morgan's campus, yeah, right? Basically. That speaks to the community of Morgan University and a lot of the people in the community, because it's been heavily publicized, know that the businesses that are on this campus are not only black owned, but Morgan State alum owned. Yeah. Almost that's every crazy. business as you walk by has a sticker, mm -hmm. has a decal, has some sort of indication that this business yeah. is owned by a Morgan State University alum, which means yeah. we don't walk away when we graduate. Nah. Like we continue to stay invested. We continue to grow the campus. In whatever way that we can, we bring our talents that we learned on that campus back to that campus. And so for the fact that there are people who are begging, can I please be your first customer? Please, can I? Right? Alan and I don't live in Baltimore. We don't. These ain't our family members. Right? Yeah. These aren't people who, you know, none of that. Can I please be your first? We're so happy to have you here. Thank you for bringing this business to this area, to this community. It says a lot. It says a lot about our strength, our resilience. It says a lot about the Morgan State University community, but the Black community, yeah. that surrounding community. And that's what today's podcast really is about today. It's not about Morgan State University. It's not about Baltimore, but it's about the fact that you can't stop Wakanda. Yeah, you really can't. And let me brag on this community for a moment. So like if I look to my my left, my first neighbor that we get to is a Black-owned business called Two Strand Twist. It was started by two amazing black women who are entrepreneurs. And this is, I think, their second location. I walk a couple more doors down. I see a tropical smoothie cafe, which is also a franchise owned by a beautiful couple who both graduated from Morgan State. 
They're from the D.C. area. This is their fourth location. I go across the way, across the parking lot. I get to a Black-owned beauty supply store. And I think this is their third location. Also a Morgan State grad and his and his wife run that business. And I'm saying, like, this is the achievement of the dream. Like, what people don't realize about this plaza, Northwood Plaza, years ago, Black people couldn't even shop in this plaza. Exactly. They had a movie theater. You couldn't even go if you were Black. Like, Black folks protested to be able to just spend their money there. And you fast forward a couple generations, and now we own the businesses there. Not only that, the developer is Black. Like, the developer of this multi, there's probably, like, hundreds of millions of dollars that went into this development. Black man is a developer on that. And let's also talk about how intentional they were about this development. Right. From the beginning, Al and I have been a part of this process really for years before we ever yeah. opened the doors of Zips. So we've been a part of this Northwood Crossings project. Yeah. And I will tell you. So first things first, the community was very involved in a, yeah. in determining if they were even going to allow this group to touch the plaza, because yeah. there were some businesses in there that are just historical. Right. There's a mm -hmm. spot called Sunny's. I no. didn't go to Sonny's uh, as a Morgan student, but I know most people did. It's a carry out. You can get your your wings and your fries and all of that. But Sonny's was an institution for this community. And so, you know, Sonny's was brought up. There were a lot of things that were brought up in the process of allowing for this redevelopment to happen. But one of the things that was brought up, just specifically speaking to Sonny's, is listen, we know what happens when shopping centers or when areas get redeveloped you price out the businesses that were there. Yeah, You have to guarantee Sonny's a fair rate that they can afford to be able to stay in the shopping center for us to allow any sort of redevelopment. That's yeah. what the community required. They would not allow for any redevelopment until that was in the paperwork to ensure that that business could stay there, could afford to stay there and thrive even in the newness of the redevelopment. Yeah. And folks who got involved, I mean, the community, they had hearings and the community spoke out. We got involved because our president, our university president, literally pulled us to the side like, hey, I'm in touch with the Northwood developers and we're making sure that we've got some Morgan State alumni in the building. And I want to introduce you. He made that connection and it made it happen. Hey, Tiffany, I have a timeline I want to share with you. So this has been like what's crazy. Like this has just been crazy. Like. We've opened, this is our ninth dry cleaner. We've also bought and built five gyms. So in total, we've done five plus nine, 14. That's crazy. That's my lucky number. It is. 14 different retail businesses we've opened and built and bought. This is the longest one. And let me give you this timeline. And this is, again, to encourage entrepreneurs who might be going through some setbacks to know that, like, listen, like, you you can still make it. You can't stop Wakanda, as Tiffany said. So we started our LOI process, Tiffany, in April of 2020. LOI is when you go back and forth with the landlord. Like, by the way, to get to an LOI, you've already been meeting with them. We probably met with them in, like, January, February, or March. And an LOI is just a letter of intent. So you are saying, listen, I'm trying to be down with y'all. This, this is an official letter to say... Yeah. I'm trying to go with you. Yeah. Now they got to like, agree. Yeah. Now they got to agree. Check right. Here, but you know, it's, 
if you like me, yes or no, but that's the yeah. LOI is a letter of intent. So letter of intent, April of 2020, we're negotiating the lease all the way through December of 2020. And then what's crazy is like their development was just being held up. Like, you know, like they've got to deal with the city. They've got to deal with their own permits. They, they had to literally tear down a plaza and then build it back up and figure out where they're going to put our building. So from April of 2020, we didn't sign our lease until December of 2021. So literally 18 months of getting a lease signed. And one of the big complications, which is crazy, and, and listen, it's kind of baller how we dealt with this. One of the complications is that this location was about three miles away from another zip store. And so I'm you're gonna let me tell this part of the story. Because yeah, I've been holding I've, I've definitely very much and <laughs> so to Alan's point, you know, when you're a franchise, you can't just put locations wherever you want to they have to be approved by the franchisor and you have to make sure that you're not infringing upon any other locations and we weren't like legally within the the stipulations given we were enough miles away from the nearest location but you know again as a franchisor their responsibility is to make sure all their franchisees you know can do business they felt like well you're still a little too close you're still a little too close for comfort and we don't want you to impact that business owner and for us being able, once our president, once our president of Morgan State University approached us, being able to open a business on Morgan State University's campus was important to us. That was the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so we weren't going to let that go. And we were going to do everything that we could to fight it. And so what we did, uh, long story short, mm-hmm. we bought that business. You we see bought what that I'm saying? We are playing chess, <laughs> not checkers. If, okay. We're not allowed to infringe upon another business owner. We agree. That's fair. We, Let us yeah, how about infringe upon it? ourselves. Yeah. Okay. How about that? Because we believe in the location so much. We believe in this project so much. We also believe that both businesses can thrive because they're in very, very different communities and demographics. I'm not going to yeah. hold you. Mm-hmm. Um, like Morgan State community deserves a cleaners as well. Not just the one five or six miles up the road, not just that community. So we'll buy it. And that's what we did. We bought that business. So that caused another different, we needed capital. Um, We needed to negotiate that. Um, We need to, you know, make sure they sold to us, wanted to sell. We could come up with a price. That made sense. That made sense. And we had to beat them up a little bit. Like, listen, Listen, it's going to hurt a little bit. We want it. A little bit. And um, we got a great deal. Yeah. And this literally is all, it's not like we put Morgan on pause, right? We didn't put momentum on pause. We didn't put anything else on pause. All of these things just had to happen at the same time. So now we're buying a business that we didn't intend on buying just so that we can open this business on Morgan State University's campus. Ain't no discounts being given anywhere. This isn't Costco. Um, And what's crazy. So we closed on that business homecoming week of 2021. Facts. That Friday. Yep. Which then, and by the way, we never even told anybody. Like we were at, at nope. we went to the gala. We just partying, having a good time. We never said anything, but we were working our plan. So October of 2021, we bought that, that other location that allowed us to then sign the lease in December of 21 to open up this store. But what's crazy is like, fast forward. I We then got the keys. When you get the keys, meaning like you can now start construction. We got the keys in October of 22. Literally, like, again, homecoming week. A year later, we got the keys that you because can I rem- construction. Because I remember, I remember, yes, we got the keys. And my first thinking was, oh, I'm, I definitely got a parking spot for homecoming. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I got, and we did. We did take I the parking spot. Because I got keys. Spot. 
and we parked right in the front of our very unopened um, business because uh-huh. it, it was exciting. I think it's I think that's really interesting. Alan, you're right. We I know we closed we, on the other business the Friday of homecoming. Yeah, because uh, we both had to rush out and go get dressed for the gala that yep. following year. We got the keys. And so we were able to park in front of our emerging mm-hmm. business. And then this yep. homecoming, in spite of whatever has happened, yeah. we were still able we're to opening. open. Mm-hmm. Right. And what opening means for us, it means a variety of different things. I know Alan's going to go back to our timeline. But what opening means for us is not only being invested on our campus, but it means employing our students. It means teaching our students about entrepreneurship and franchising. It means giving our schools the opportunity to use our business as a case study for existing students on how to grow, what it's like to run a business, a P&L, um, what it takes, what it means to be Black and own not just one business, but several Mm-hmm. Um, for us, it was always bigger than a cleaner. It was never, we could put it, we really could put a zips anywhere. This is never, yeah. this was never about just opening a cleaner. It was about what it could do to serve the community that served us. Yeah, that's a fact. And to your point, we'll be able to hire employees, but more important, we'll be able to inspire future entrepreneurs at this location. Most of our staff is Morgan State students, which I love. And some of them are from Jersey, some from New York, some from Baltimore, some from D.C. Like it, Morgan is really a it's a national community for sure. So going back to the timeline. So now it's October of 2022. We get the keys. Normally, when you get the keys, you then start construction shortly thereafter. Right. So you, you've got to get the place designed. You've got to get those plans then approved by the city and then you can start construction but usually it takes about i'm going to say 30 days to design so that would put us in november so then it would take another let's say let's say 30 40 days for your permits to come in and so let's say you're starting your your construction in january typically 90 days for construction and maybe another 30 days for you know your equipment to get delivered you're open in April. Like we opened it. <laughs> October. Of, it's October. And that is for anybody who's ever opened any type of business, anybody who's ever tried to do anything, you know that things go wrong. And so yeah. everything from permits to finding the money, uh, yeah. thinking we had it, losing it, having to get some other money. Lord, Lord. <laughs> Um, but again, permits and then, oh, oh, it got so good. It got so good. Cause we couldn't get permits. Baltimore city was not, it was a whole situation. And yeah. we finally think, all right, we're close. We're close to the finish line. And what happens? A pipe burst. A pipe, a pipe burst. burst. Once our we... whole thing is completely built, equipment in there paid for water. <laughs> a pipe burst. And we did not find out about it until the next day when someone was walking by and had the yep. contact information of our manager he, and partner we hired, and said, hey, you know, you got a couple inches of water in your store right now. And it's just and we're, pouring down onto your most expensive equipment. Right. So then that happened. And not only did the, the pipe was in our space. Um, so not only did it do damage to our beautiful, not open store, but it did damage to other stores that we had to take responsibility <laughs> for. Right. So that caused a delay on getting open. And then we are ready. 
We finally are. We're here. It's homecoming week. It's time. We can a shooting. And then there's a shooting. Right. Lord. And so that caused, um, I mean, we didn't, I mean, I'm not gonna hold you. Like we we delayed it still because of the shooting. We could not ask students who had just gone through that to show up for training, um, yeah. to have to leave their dorm if they didn't feel safe to do so. So then we put a pause on that. So there's more to the story. So stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. It's the pathway to freedom that's leading to the North Star. Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to thenorthstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out. So we're back. Yes. We're talking about how you can't stop Wakanda. You sure cannot can. listen. Whatever and whatever Wakanda means to you. I don't if that might mean the black community, that might mean the HBCU community, that might mean the Morgan State University community. That might just mean your family. That might mm-hmm. mean, you know, your your friend group. Whatever it is, I'm telling you all types of things happen and they are unfortunate. And we have to process them and we have to deal with them. Um, but you yeah. can keep moving forward. Most of the time, you're not going to move forward in the way that you thought you were going to. The answer typically is never the answer that you thought it was going to be, but the answer still is out there. And so this particular homecoming weekend that does not look anything like any homecoming uh, that's ever happened before, we're still thriving. We're still blessed. We're still connecting. Um, and we're still supporting yeah. our Morgan State University community, our Baltimore community. Um, and just those who matter to us because we can't be stopped. Yeah. The thing I love about that Wakanda analogy is this notion of a vibranium being this most powerful element and that Black folks control it, right? And I, I really do think that we have like a secret superpower and that superpower, one of those is the ability to overcome, right? And like, if you are an overcomer by by birth, like, when things happen, you have to overcome them. So Tiffany went through some of the setbacks. Like we did a whole show on, you know, the hardest thing we ever had to do, which was to get a bank loan. Like, and I'm not sure if we told the full story, but like we had started construction and our bank said, we're going to get you a, a, you know, we're going to pay out like next week. And then when that week came, the bank said, no, sorry, your application is, is denied. Like you can't get the loan our construction company walked off the job. We had to then go out and contact 40 other banks before landing a a replacement loan. And we still got the business open. And And everybody got paid. I'll tell you that. Everybody everybody got paid. paid. Because you can't stop Wakanda. You really can't. Like, Because I spoke to the other business owners in the plaza and they had their own issues with construction. They had their own issue with timelines. And the thing about Wakanda and this notion of like black folks coming together and starting businesses and starting this economic revolution, it's not going to happen because some announcement's going to be made. 
It's not going to be led by some major celebrity. It's not going to be on social media. It's going to happen in little pockets in your neighborhood and mine. And it's either going to happen because you're involved or you're going to be watching it happen. But it's definitely going to happen. No question about that. And it makes me think about um, Issa Rae. And I, I'm going to be par paraphrasing at this point. But I remember when she first really, really started to break into notable, notable success. And she was saying how, you know, I don't want to work. I'm not looking to work with the people above me. I'm trying to work with the people alongside of me. Right. And that makes me think about the other business owners in the shopping center. But also I ain't gonna hold you, Alan. That makes me think about you. Right. I do think about the fact that, you know, we're both Morgan alum. We both have some of the same secret sauce that made us into the people that we were. And we did not know each other uh, during that time. But when we found each other, you know what I mean? I like to believe that we were reaching across the table when we decided who we wanted oh, to partner sure. with and who we were working with. Um, and that that shows up in a variety of different ways now that I'm super mindful of. And so, you know, this is an unexpected moment, but I really would not have wanted to go through this journey with anybody else but you oh honey um i'm really really grateful that we did this together and and i just want to for one time give you your flowers you know if i'm being completely honest you carried us through this northwood um process and that is because my you know my father passed for those who listen to the podcast but even prior to him passing, it was difficult. Like his health was failing. We were going yeah. through a lot behind the scenes. And so I wasn't able to be nearly as present as I normally am, um, I, whether it was physically or mentally. And then, you know, my dad did, you know, pass and then getting through that. Right. Because, you know, uh, my dad passed in May. And so then getting through that and I asked for grace. I said, I am not. I'm not OK. And I need some grace. And you said, I got it. And I got us and I'll get us through this. And so to me, that continues to speak to the fact that you, you know, you can't stop Wakanda. And I'm grateful for my entire community, but I am really, really grateful for you um, for getting us across the finish line on this one. Well, thank you. And I, and I appreciate that. And, you know, I will tell you that there's been other businesses where we had other struggles and you got us through. So, you know, to be able to repay that, to you is is uh, my pleasure but also just want to shout out before we go our investors we've got a great group of investors many of whom are morgan state grads many or are hbcu grads. yeah yeah and some are just regular black and white folk and asian folk who just felt the need to want to get involved with something like this like they saw an economic opportunity but even bigger than that a chance for folks to come together pool our capital together and try to make a difference in the world and so I'm going to put in that. a plug real quick. We do appreciate all of you, but I ain't going to hold you. We do got more we're trying to do. There are other investors out yeah. there and it, it might not look like this. It's going to look like something yeah. else. Uh, but Come don't on. hesitate to reach out, talk up. to your institutions, hit us up. Um, I don't ever want to go through the SBA process again. So please holler at us, investors. We've got some really, really big, beautiful, profitable things um on the books and they won't be stopped whether y'all call us or not um i know this episode did not sound or look like past episodes but it was still necessary heartfelt and meaningful to us so hopefully you received it you're having a beautiful weekend or whatever day of the week it is for you but we are glad we were able to show up because we will not be stopped we love you guys 
We'll be back next week. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Momentum.